Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Pilot Light, a podcast where we watch the first episode of a TV show and then we talk about it. My name's David and I feel like Michael Corleone in that scene where the fat guy teaches him how to shoot that gun. <laughs> uh, my name's Sam and sometimes I like to hang out with people who aren't that bright. You know, just to see how the other half lives. Joe. Thanks. <laughs> um, wah, and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm Joe and welcome to Bro Street in the Bro District, close to the centre of Bro Town, just outside Broborough, capital of Broland, in the Broanoke Peninsula of the Brosian continent. Population, <laughs> Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's been so working good. on that for six days. I only watched the pilot like three days ago. So, <laughs> yeah. so this excellent. week we watched, as Joe has spoiled, the broiest show to ever bro or show? <laughs> Suits. Uh, which, uh, what's the word, incepted itself in 2011. <laughs> yes. Um, I kind of, yeah, I was going into this, and you've, you've called it a bro show, Joe, on Bro Street, on the bro continent, and I think you are right. But I don't know if it's the broiest show in the world. Like, this is a, this is, this is, it's the bro spectrum, isn't it's, it? And we should maybe there. explain what we mean by that as well. But. <laughs> it's... Yeah, like the bro spectrum. Let's think. Let's think. Let's think. Um, what's what's our what's our far right on the bro spectrum? What's the <laughs> what's the broiest thing? It's probably like um, like bro comedies, like white comedies, yeah, like films, white comedies, like The Hangover um, is the broiest comedy to ever have yeah. been made, and that's kind of like so that's our that's our far, furthest our broiest thing, and then this sort of sits. You know, this is kind of like a centre right bro show. It's mm-hmm. pretty broy, but then, you know, at the same time, it's not totally. Yes, it, it kind of, it kind of. I don't know where we're going with this. <laughs> no, I don't. So, Sam, will you give us, give us a, give us a summary of the, of the, of the premise of this TV show? Um, I will do so once I load it up. So, if you could just fill for just. Well, I can, I can give you the elevator pitch for this because it's quite interesting. So, right, go on then. The ser- this series revolves around two lawyers who, between the two of them, have only one law degree. <laughs> <laughs> Lols. Yes, yes. So, but in this in this episode, the pilot episode, we see um, a guy, Mike Ross, who's on the run from a drug deal gone bad, and finds himself working for Harvey Specter, one of New York's best lawyers. So, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird show. This isn't it. It's like one of those premises that. On paper sounds all right, and then when you get into it, you're like, uh, okay, and then it kind of gets better as as the, the more that they lean on it. Yeah, do you know so, what I mean? Like <clears throat> to sort of like get to the bottom of this premise because it is a bit of an odd one, and like we can go back and forth on whether it's good or not in a minute. But um, when the show was first imagined by the creator, whose name was is Aaron Korsh, um he basically, I think, in the initial drafts of this TV show were like the Mike Ross character is a loser who then gets a job on Wall Street and it's kind of like a from-his-own-life thing. Um, and they changed it to him being a, a lawyer uh, in America and then uh, initially uh, he was going to get a job at a law firm and basically just lie about the school that he'd gone to um, because it's a weird thing in this show where the law firm uh, that the Pearson Hardman is... They only employ Harvard graduates, 
they won't employ you if you've gone to if you if you've ed- ed- educated elsewhere, which Harvard is stupid douches. as fuck. Harvard must, douches, as they call it. That yeah. must contravene so many labour laws. Um, but it's American; it's a hellscape. There are um, no labour laws. There are no labour laws. They're the lawyers. They're in charge. It's fine. But are you a communist? So in initial drafts, um, Mike Ross has a law degree and is a lawyer, but didn't go to Harvard, and that's kind of like the the thing. More passes. They basically decided that that wasn't a big enough like con. So in this pilot, he ha- doesn't have a law degree either. Um, so he's not a lawyer. He didn't go to Harvard yet. He is practicing law. So he's a criminal. This is a show about a man but committing crime. What we should say as well, which we haven't, is that Mike Ross, the main character in this TV show, is kind of like a genius who can remember everything that he reads. Because he says once bar. he reads it. He understands it, and once he understands it, then that's fine. He can he can recall it at any point. So, it's he's he's kind of got this this superpower really, of being able to just recall information. A Which bit like does exist actually. In it real is. Life. Yeah. It's called an eidetic memory. So it's not like a photographic memory, which is the term that gets thrown around a lot. Um, it's an eidetic memory, which means that you can, like you said, you can recall like information that you've read. Words mm, not you've read. not unlike um, yours two favorite shows, Psych. You know that kind of character who's very good at very perceptive and is able to hyper you know, observant. Yeah, except the yeah, Mike Ross character couldn't be fucking less observant. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he is both a genius and an idiot at the same time, isn't he? Which is quite fun. He is a um, in terms of like eighties tropes. He's a slob. He's a slob pretending to be a snob, and it's kind of like a it's a weird. It's yeah. a weird mix. And do you know what the MacGuffin is as to why this guy's a loser? To why this guy with a superpower is a loser? It's because he's addicted to weed. <laughs> Which is the weakest, weakest part of this entire show. Well let's let's go through let's go through the, the plot maybe just as a kind of to give us a, a, a structure to go on because at the beginning we see him, you know, he's like sat playing video games or whatever else. He's not he, he's he is a loser and he's in he's in his uh, roommate's apartment, and his roommate is a good is a drug dealer who is is selling um, marijuana to making tens of thousands of dollars a month selling marijuana to all um, the yuppies in Manhattan. Question mark? Yeah. Uh, cocaine? Yes. Heroin? Absolutely. Any well, kind that... of pill? Yes. Weed? Um, marijuana. No. What 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 is what is funny though is that the marijuana becomes like this thing throughout the rest of the show. So he the the Mike Ross takes on this job for him um for his friend to deliver the the, the weed and then it ends up <laughs> as a setup and no and he isn't just driving around the block picking someone up and handing them a bag of weed it's a big why isn't this cocaine like can we get why is this not an act not an actual drug but like why is this not a class a drug yeah not a baby drug is, is it because yeah. they didn't want the crime to make it look like the main character was like that bad so they're like trying to make it seem like less of, a, of a, an offense i guess i think there's e- it's either that or there's some um uh like ratings thing to yeah. do with class a drugs versus it's, just a wee bit of it's it's just weird class b whatever you know, it's yeah, just, yeah like it's, who cares it's basically but, but, like selling a plant yeah but the drug the drugs follow mike through throughout this episode really in that he 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 goes to this he's going to sell it and then ends up actually it's a police boss, which again is hilarious because there is a literal undercover police officers on a on a on a marijuana bus. <laughs> it seems like a very very strange use of it's it's quite time. a big briefcase full of weed. I'll give him that, but it's not like 
Again, I feel like that it's the, the hundreds first... of pounds, isn't it, as opposed to thousands and hey, thousands of pounds. He's going to get paid pounds. twenty-five thousand pounds for delivery. I don't think he's allegedly getting paid twenty-five grand, twenty-five thousand dollars in two thousand and eleven, and all he has to do is take this briefcase of drugs to this hotel room. Now he agrees to it for various reasons, but like, that's not twenty-five grand's worth of weed. You would need like a container. A shipping container to fill with enough weed to be this saleable. And he, I, he probably I just, couldn't get I that cannot, into a hotel room, to be honest. I can only assume that there was a draft where it was cocaine, and for some, like you said, Sam, for some reason the network was like, "No, this isn't that kind of show." But they kept yeah, all make, of the all of the economics. Make him make him more redeemable by just downgrading yeah. The, yeah. the drug. You know, he's, he's still a lovable character if it's just weed, you know, whereas if it's something yeah. more serious, it's a bit kind of like, well, actually, he's he's a real... Well, yeah, I, I could not love a cocaine addict. Yeah, exactly. All the dancing. <laughs> All the dancing, ugh. But the, um, the, the other... So, as, as I say, this, this, this suitcase full of drugs kind of follows him around because he, once, once he realises he goes and sees there's a bust, he's kind of got... He takes it back home with him and he keeps it in his house for some reason and then as we progress the story he's taking it into the office again for some reason uh and and all all so it, this is kind of like the MacGuffin, as you say dave throughout the, re- the episode isn't it is that he's got this he's got this old life which he's trying to leave behind and what he gets is an opportunity to become <laughs> commit an even great can it commit an even more serious crime yes even serious selling crime some weed yeah, actually impersonating a lawyer because he doesn't have a law degree. So he's passed. He's passed the bar though. He, he, he does, that, that's that's about the thing. He has passed the bar. He did it on a bet. Yeah, and he and he. I think he did it. We also see that at the beginning of the episode that he's passed the bar for someone else. Um, yeah, he takes. So, he's like a. It comes up later on in the series that he's like a. He's a test. He calls himself the test genius, mm-hmm. and basically it's like a word of mouth thing where. You can pay him money and he'll go and take a test for you. So that's kind of like all like baked into this character being like knowing the law is that mm-hmm. he has, you know, basically he's read loads of law books and he has essentially studied for all these exams so he can earn money by passing them, but like, you know, without actually achieving anything. But there's some yeah, line about him getting, there's some line about him getting kicked out of school or something, but we don't really get much of that. No, no. So it's is again it's the premise. The premise is interesting and it's kind of fun and it it, it does come to you know the first the first few minutes of this eighty minute episode or I think it's eighty minutes, isn't it? It is. It's it's quite long. You know, it is quite <laughs> long. And and as much as as much as, you know, you do complain about like T V shows that have to rush to cram everything in, this is maybe on the other end of the spectrum. It's like, yeah, you could have maybe just cut down a wee bit of that, like that, that maybe was, keep it sixty minutes. That was my biggest issue with the episode. Like, I found myself really struggling about forty minutes in. I'm like, I just want this. Well, to it's end. because after so, like we said, it's it's eighty minutes or so, um, which is ba- it's basically a double episode for the pilot. Now, this led to some confusion because this is two episodes. Like, this isn't a this isn't an hour and twenty minute long, like point to point story that you would generally expect to get in a pilot. Like, uh, the Psych Pilot's a great example, Joe. That's a nice long episode. Um, but it's it's one story. Whereas this, this is 
two episodes. The first episode, we meet Mike, we meet all of his him and him and his druggy friends, <laughs> and and we learn about him, and that kind of ends with him accidentally going to the interview with Harvey, who, for question mark reasons, because you know he's a partner in a law firm, knowingly employs this man who doesn't have a law degree, endangering his career for again no absolutely no benefit to himself other than egotistically and, and then he's absolutely and, like absolutely flabbergasted when he goes to sack him and he says well if you sack me i'll tell them that you hired me without a law degree <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, like what you would do that absolutely <laughs> it's baffling if only i could have predicted this <laughs> but that the episode kind of ends there and then the second half it picks up and basically like i think from a production point of view, it must have been they must have been looking forward to syndication and thinking, we'll have to split this up. But there's, you could literally put an ad break there and say, last well, last week on Suits, and then I'm we have sure this episode did. where Mike is he started working at the law firm, and he's handling this pro bono case, and it's kind of like a, like it feels like a cheat. It feels like this episode where he's handling this pro bono case that should be episode two. It feels like the pilot should be, we meet Mike, we understand the MacGuffin, he's employed at this law firm. He gets the job, mm. and then he avoids getting sacked. End of episode one. Not that I didn't enjoy the second half of this episode. I do think it's the stronger piece of television. Well, that's but, that that that's the bit that I I like. I thought the I thought the first half was was all right. Like I think there's enough in there for you to want to understand what's going on, understand these characters. But really, what you're watching a legal procedural for is the what, case of the week. Like, I think, I think to um, Danny Grave. It's bo- this is Boston, Boston legal, legal 2011 style. That's what this is. Yeah, but I, I was thinking of the Good Wife, which is much, which is a bit more like this, where it's 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 kind of a bit more about the interpersonal relationship. You're watching yeah. it for the sex and the law, and the fuck you yes. moment at the end of the episode. Where someone like pulls a, which never ever happens. I know, I know a couple of barristers and a judge, and like this isn't how courts work. But they pull the like uh, the surprise witness or the the legal like mumbo jumbo that's just like yeah. totally hoodwinks to put their adversary. And then and then you have some musical cue, yeah. and and uh, the main character looks at the other characters, and then end of scene. You know, I've got the mad cow. Yeah, it's like, so it's like the, God, we're fucking clever. Yeah, we're really fucking clever. And and this show is just <laughs> laced with that. And I think that's where the broiness comes from. That's where our like, you know, um, um, Mega Markle's character is is, she is so. Yeah. Did you just say so Mega Markle? <laughs> no, I said Megan Markle. She is so broy in the way that she's like, like just just the back chat and she's got. You can all just of these tell. smart things to like, say very quickly, and all the you know all of this stuff. You can it's tell just like, as well. All right, let's just Sorry. take it down a notch. She she keeps on failing the bar as well. She's never managed to pass the bar to become an actual lawyer, and you can just tell that he's going to pass the bar for her at some point. I hope pass the bar, guaranteed. I don't think that's how it plays out, Joe. Uh, not quite. Uh, there is there is a plot line in um, episode. Does, does she does she become a member of the royal family before that happens? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's in the canon. Um, but um, it's in, in a future episode. She basically finds out that he's this guy who cheats on exams, and she's really, really upset with him. Even though she finds out because she was thinking about using someone to take this test for her, she then takes the moral high ground. Like you're a cheater, and he's like, "You wanted to hire me to cheat. Doesn't that make <laughs> both of us cheaters?" And she's like, "No." <laughs> yeah, but there's so there's there's all these there's all these like 
yeah, there's there's all this stuff in this which you could criticise and you could say, oh for fuck's sake. But actually, all the way through, generally, I was I was quite into this. I thought this was funny. There actually were a couple of funny funny moments as well, like at, some good jokes, some good writing that 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 was quite entertaining. And it didn't. It, it kind of like veered. There was a, a moment, probably near the end of the first episode, where you're like, "Here we go. Are we gonna? Are we gonna go into a stupid show about stupid characters doing stupid things, or are we going to? Are we going to fall into? Ah, okay, stupid characters, but not necessarily doing stupid things all the time. Do you know what I mean? Because there are there are idiots in this, but it's it's about how you direct that. You know. Do, do, do do you channel it into them just doing things that don't seem like you should possibly do that or do you make it a bit more realistic a bit more nuanced and i think that they do that in the in the in the second part of this episode it's everything feels a bit more real like when he says i don't know how to fill in a subpoena of you know, course he like does because he did, literally didn't go to school for that he didn't go to school for that, and you, you you get a moment of of everyone will be like, oh my god, like. But again, if in in a in a less clever show, I think you'd have him be really good at that, you know, or you'd have him the other things that they they bring in flaws in the characters, and use that as a foundation for what happens next, which is that's good. I think that's a good thing to do in your nascent TV show. Yeah, it's it's a source of quite a lot of like humor is that the mike ross character is a like he's very you know he's got the superpower but he's an idiot he's a total idiot like he's accepted this job and then there's quite a lot of like guff between him and harvey later on in terms of like why did you accept this job and i'm like sat there like mate i have no idea why any of you are doing the things that you're doing but if you swallow that like it then becomes oh it's this guy pretending to be a lawyer and he has to pretend to be a lawyer really fast because all the other lawyers are also all really clever and are also lawyers so they'll be like like there's a in the later episodes the Lewis Lit character, um, like basically like is onto him, so he goes around like singing Harvard um, fight songs and talking about like um, fast food restaurants on the Harvard campus and like basically like asking him questions like oh where do you get a square pizza if you're in Harvard everyone knows that everyone who went to Harvard knows that when they're studying and you want a square pizza and like there's loads of stuff like that that's played for laughs and like it's a great opportunity to have tension like it's a, it's a great source of tension in this already quite tense like legal show which mm. is a comedy i i think you know which is the overriding thing is that this is a this isn't meant to be the good wife this is much more of a like joe said like a boston legal aligned sort of comedy mm-hmm. i think i think i struggled a bit more than you two did i didn't I didn't hate the, the main issue I had with it was the length. Like eighty minutes for this is just way too much. I just really struggled with the like the smarminess and they're the basically just there uh, like trying to the smarmi- each other. The smarminess is off the charts. It is, and and the, like the even all... Boston Legal, which literally has William Shatner in it, is less smarmy than this. <laughs> and it, it, this is this is the thing that I kind of really really struggle with because it's not like the two main characters are the only smarmy ones. It's like literally about. Ten characters it introduces you to, and each one of them thinks they're more intelligent than the other. And it's Joe, like every, every eight... character in this TV show who isn't one of their clients is is smarmy, and even most of the clients are quite exactly quite smarmy. And I I just about half an hour in, I was just like, I, I, yeah, I, I don't want to watch this. Um, however, I did, you know, since watching it, I probably could watch more of it, but it's absolutely not a show I could binge watch because. 
I, I just, you know, one episode and I'd just be like, I, I'm done with those guys. They're all just idiots. Just get your dicks out and measure and get it over with, you know? Now nah, you get into it, Joe. What you're watching is you're watching sexy people, like, be in power. And that's, that's there's something about that that's like, and because it's occasionally funny as well. well and I will say, I think this is pretty well shot. I'm not going to say it's like reinventing the wheel. It's not as good as The Walking Dead, which we did last week, in terms of the cinematography. But it's a multi-camera show, and 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 they they stretch their legs a bit with that. Um, and single camera. I mean, I mean, maybe when Ovaltine Jenkins joins the show, I'll be more interested. But um, no, Oval Ovaltine Jenkins. What, Joe? Gus from Psych. Dave will get it. Oh, that's Joe. You'd have to watch seven seasons of this TV show. <laughs> that's like you've watched. You've watched all of Heroes, uh, Joe. So I'm not going to put it past you to be honest yeah but seven seasons of this four seasons of heroes shall we go through the characters um as a as a, a kind of a way to get into the the pilot of this we've got as we've already mentioned mike ross as a main character played by patrick j adams who is was in the show until that season seven i think when he and uh megan markle left so Mike Ross is, is him. We've also got um, Harvey Specter, who plays his like mentor. I guess. Harvey and Harvey and Mike are kind of like the they're the two main characters of this, and everyone else. I mean, it changes as the show goes on further, think, but yeah. like especially this first season because I've been watching more of this, and I think I've watched the first two seasons before. Um, they they certainly it's about their relationship, and they're kind of in on the con. And yeah. so most of the screen time is is Harvey, who is a a maniacal egotist, like. And that's and that's that. Let's let's talk about this idea of of Harvey meeting Mike Ross and going, okay, I'm going to give you one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year or whatever it is that you know an associate would be paid, and I'm going to just trust that. Nothing bad happens as a result of that. I think it's see- worse than that, Sam. It is it is the hubris of not only thinking that he can somehow benefit from this situation. I think the, the the core thing for Harvey is that it's him proving to everyone without telling anyone how much cleverer he is than them. Yeah. It's a real dick waving thing for this guy. And I believed it. And that that is what I think actually works with this, is that the, the idea is really stupid because he's interviewing all these Harvard, you know, jocks um, who who come in there with their class rings on or whatever else, you know, just looking like just the worst, the worst people. Bros, the they look like bros. Total bros. And then this guy walks, this guy comes in in a cheap suit and, you know, impresses him by reading, by, by being able to recite legal knowledge at will. Um, and at this point you could be like, well, fucking what you know as i've said already this is insane nobody would do that we do get a little bit of background that um uh, jessica pearson the managing partner played by gina torres who we should come to next she kind of did this to harvey and said i put you through law school and i i believed in you and i kind of like she'd you know she'd pumped him a bit in terms of i'm gonna get you somewhere that's gonna be that's gonna be good because i can see the potential in you so it that's does make good. you question how old any of these people are because like i just assumed that <laughs> harvey and gene harvey and um jessica are the same age but like, the same age 
I know, like it's you, weird. You employed him in the mailroom. That you then paid for him <laughs> was to that go a joke? to... Was that no, a joke? No, she literally... I don't, it's not played for a joke. She says, I gave you a job in the mailroom. In the mailroom. And then, and then I sent you to law school and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on education. And then I gave you a job and now I'm promoting you to senior partner. Which is like one step below her job. And it's like, how much time has elapsed? Are these people, you know... She's talking about him in terms of succession as well. Like, oh, am I going to give him? Yeah. Like, you know, in ten years, when I like, we should mention, weird. by the way, the Harvey character is played by uh, Gabriel Macht, and I, I yes. think he does a really good job. If you look at pictures of him, um, he he looks like a bro, like more than he does in the. He looks like he should be wearing a Hawaiian shirt and sitting on a beach, and then so to go from that to this show where he's like always immaculately groomed. I think he's doing a, a really excellent job of playing a lawyer. Yeah. He's he is he is a peak he's a, you know he has, has that real peak lawyer thing, but it's again that premise that premise works. But as you say, um, I think what really makes it click is the fact that he is so egotistical. So the reason he's doing this is because he wants to prove everyone wrong, and he wants to just almost you know prove that he can do this crazy insane thing. Um, because there is there is a question there. There's a line where you think, well, is this is this believable at all? Is this just totally outlandish? Um, in the same way that I think actually, Psych, it's maybe one of the reasons why I never really connected with that. I don't think they sell this idea in the same way because the show is not really about that. It's kind of more about just here's our premise and sharp, you know. Whereas they, I think they do a little bit more work in suits to be able to make this believable. Um, I, I don't especially because I, I, I think I disagree. I, I think Psych don't want to make it believable because it's more about having fun in Psych. That's the type that's of show what I'm it saying, is. Yeah, um, it's more yeah, about the kind of, is, they, yeah. they make a lot more fun of the whole thing um, than this show ever would. Um, this this tries to take it a lot more seriously, um, and like you know, this guy can remember all this stuff, and you know, there's like there's no repercussions in Psych. No one's ever getting killed in that show. Whereas in this, like, yeah. you, know, you could believe somebody's dying. It's a similar sort of outlook where it's it's much more it's a very much a procedural show. We talked about like um I think a better comparison let's stick to sort of legal shows here where um you know, Boston Legal is, is probably the closest thing, but in, in comparison to Good Wife it's much more like what's the case of the week, you know, and we have these storylines going on in the background between but it's mostly about like when are when are Mike and um and Meghan Markle gonna fuck is generally the, the the kind of that's that's the plot line that stretches throughout this until such time as I think when they leave the show. I mean, spoilers for the entire of Suits. Um, when they leave the show, I believe the two characters like they go off together to run a a legal like a legal aid center somewhere. Um, so it's like a nice, but you you know you always have that in a TV show, don't you? But you don't mm. always have that with the Duchess of Sussex. No, that's true. Let's talk about Gina Torres because she, we know her, of course, from Firefly, where she's a good show. Mal, she Mal. No, Mal is the um, is the captain. She oh, is. What's her name then? Zoe. I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Sorry. Yeah. She's great. She's always, she's always good in uh, Firefly, and and she's I think she's awesome in this as well because she's just like I am not taking any of your shit. You uh, you you idiot that she speaks to I'm not sure she even speaks to to, um, although, to Mike Ross in although, the first episode although I must say she does give him his like senior partner role back after gift she gives him it and then takes it away from him again and then gives him it back again just because he asked for it do you know it's why like, that is Joe because and this is this is good commentary 
and it's sad but it's true when you're a woman in a profession like this and you're the boss you have to have the biggest dick in the room like and this is a thing that you come across in actual real life and i'm not saying it's a good i don't want to comment on it too much but like it's good commentary on reality that gina torres survives in her job because she dominates everyone who works from her for her yeah there's a moment where they're they're talking and she's disciplining him for doing something for for not taking on the case that, for he, that he said lying, he would breaking the yeah. law this is a this is an episode by episode basis um, yeah and she turns around and he says give me I, i'll i'll walk unless you give me the partnership or whatever it is the senior partnership and and she turns around and he can't see her face and she's smiling and then oh you know and then it says mm, okay you know like there's there's just like there's a there's a control that she has which i think is really cool um and i imagine that as the series progresses as well she's she's kind of there as a foil but you also see her taking risks as well in terms of like she's not just sitting there going, "Oh, Harvey." Yeah, she's not. She's again. not the angry captain smoking a cigar and screaming across the office because they blew up a city block again. Um, <laughs> yes. Although, like sometimes she is that. As the series goes forward, she's kind of like a. She is a good character, but never quite a. Not a main. She is a main character, but she's never quite like. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? She's never palling around. She's never in on the scheme. She's there to kind of like, come yeah. in and lay down the law when when is required. She's also, uh, well, I mean, she's a woman of colour, isn't she? Which I think is a great thing to have as your, like, boss in a TV show, you know, as opposed to, like, Harvey Harvey is pretty subservient to her and, and she is she's in charge and that's, I think that's a good, you know, in terms of representation, it's a good thing to have. So are we, are we going to move on to Meghan Markle, uh, the Duchess of Sussex now? Yeah, I think she's actually really good in this. I re- I'd never seen any of her acting before um, and... I think she's pretty punchy, and you can see that you can see the chemistry between um, him, uh, her, and uh, uh, Patrick Adams as well. In terms of like they they clearly have fun together, and it seems like they they had a good relationship. I would say like it the, felt the really really weird seeing her in this. Like you know, obviously knowing now what's happened and stuff. Like watching this, I'm like this this feels weird. Um, Who knew the downfall of the monarchy would start in a 2011 <laughs> legal procedural? <laughs> It's weird because I'm kind of on the opposite end where I, I watched this show before, probably not in 2011, but when did they get married? Like last year, year before? I don't know. It's, it's, it's impossible. It's, 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 it's literally impossible 17? to know. 2018? Um, Joe can name every single monarch for the entire of British history, but he could not tell you when Meghan Markle married Prince Harry. Uh, I, could, I could tell um, you from about William the Conqueror through to. I kind Joe, of lose this interest. Isn't, this isn't how that. clever is Joe. No, um, I'm, I'm just mentioning my I'm interest opposite. dies when, after Anne, so she dies, and then yeah. I'm like, I don't care about them after that. <laughs> when I see when I see Meghan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex, her Royal Highness, in the news, just call her Meghan Markle. Enough of this bollocks titles. <laughs> just call her Meg. Just call her Meg. Meg. Shut I, up, Meg. I don't know. She'd be cool with that. Um, when I see her in the news and things, I'm always it's a good like, "Good job she won't listen." Then, isn't it? I saw Suits first, so I think like, "Oh, it's the actor," and it's always like, really like, why is she dressed like a twat? Because she now dresses like she's part of the royal family, which means she dresses like the queen, which means she dresses like a twat. <laughs> Although she's not really much well, of not, part of the royal family no, anymore. She's not really the royal family um, now. Well, just it's because the royal thing. family aren't happy about it, Sam, doesn't mean she isn't part of the royal family. Shock We've all got in-laws we'd rather not have. It doesn't mean that, that we can disavow <laughs> their marriages. Shock horror. But I do, I do, the, royal, I, the royal family might be racist. 
<laughs> Shocker. The royal family not only protects pedophiles, they're also racist as well. <laughs> These are things that are facts. Um, the, Politicast. I, I, do, I do wonder how like disproportionate this, how this show um, gets in terms of streaming figures. Just because of her involvement in it, like I'd I'd forgotten, I'd forgotten that she was in this until a couple of weeks ago when I was like, we were you know we were chatting about it. I was like, oh yes, is that the one with you know with with Meghan Markle in? Um, and then from there, I you know we'll see how probably at least the pilot anyway. Of, yeah, the pilot's probably yeah. Watched. But I just I imagine this gets a lot more attention because of that as opposed yeah. to um, you know people going oh I want to see what she's like in it. It's, it's she, also got. She's nothing like that in real life. It's almost <laughs> like she's acting. We don't know what she's like in real life, Sam. <laughs> Quite rightly. Oh, we do. We've we've read the Daily Mail. We know all about her. She's so conniving. Right. Oh, the British are. press tells me that Meghan Markle is not white quite frequently, <laughs> and it tells me that she doesn't get along with all of these rich white racists she's married into. <laughs> like, also, not exactly groundbreaking news. Um,. I would say this is a medium a medium show that has made is maybe like you said Sam for because of Mega Markle, and because of the fact it's on like four different streaming platforms, um, mm. it's on Netflix, it's on Amazon, and it's on Peacock at least. It might be on another one as well. So like, I think it you are right. This is experiencing like quite a big sort of moment in, in, the the sort of like social eye because of that because pretty much anyone can watch it. And it's starring somebody who is now famous for completely other, you know, separate reasons. It just means that, like, quite a middle of the road show. I would say I don't think this is like a anyone's favourite show ever. No, there's a funny, um, there's a funny thing later on. I think in maybe season eight or nine where um, Mike Ross comes back and asks, "Oh, how's because they get married? How how's Rachel doing?" And then and then he says something like. It, you know, so well, you literally wouldn't believe me if I told you. <laughs> um, <laughs> referencing the fact that she's she's married into royalty, so it's 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 quite a you know they they do make kind of make fun of. You maybe of need that to change well. that joke now. He might disagree. She's probably not doing as well as they kind of suggested. I don't know, yes. man. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't be getting any getting any cars myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's move on. Let's talk about Rick Hoffman. Um, playing Lewis. Now, I don't want to be unkind. I do think that this is one of the most unattractive men I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> which, However, which, by the way, is quite at odds with the fact that this is a guy who is not that old, not that bald, and who is in pretty good shape. You see him at a gym in the second or third episode, and he's like with his shirt off. And he's like... It's kind of like a thing where... What's the word I'm looking for? Um... He's somehow less than the sum of his parts. And again, we're not body shaming this guy, but it's kind of nice to see like a realistic human being in a TV show. Yes, that was like what I was Someone you might meet on the street rather than like Meghan Markle or um, anyone else on this show who is beautiful. And it's just kind yes. of like a... It's, but that kind of plays into his character's insecurities as well because he knows, even though he's in a sitcom, he knows he is the least attractive person on screen at all times. <laughs> And he's got a real thing about it. You know, you know, you know. There's that phrase which I think I, I oh, he's a good character actor. You know, that's such <laughs> which, a shit-eating phrase. That means is, he's fat or he's ugly. 
No, yeah. that's what character actor means. It means you're fat or you're ugly. It means so you always I, play I, a fat guy because you're a fat guy. I think about Steve Buscemi quite a lot. You know, there's 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 a, there's a there's a face that is not conventionally attractive, and yet the way that Steve Buscemi looks is integral to every single thing that he's in. Like even when he's voice acting um, as uh, um, in Monsters Inc., you know, as Randall, like. You can see his face yeah. and his and and his his you know everything is just so I think I do I do go oh there's a good character actor and Rick Hoffman um, yeah. who I just think is very funny in this and has this edge to him which which as you say like none of the other characters really have this take of like almost a bit like Frank Grimes in The Simpsons where everyone else is this floating aura of beauty and attractiveness confidence yes and he is. He he's almost like walking around self-aware, and we see it because he challenges um, in, in this episode. You mentioned it already later on, Dave. But he he, he challenges uh, Ross by uh, Mike Ross by saying, "Oh yeah, my um, my cousin or something went to Harvard. You know, um, Mitchell, blah, 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 whatever his name is." And he you know he's like, D- "You know him?" He's like, "Oh no, I didn't know." And then Mike Ross remembers he saw the the top seven graduating class members or whatever on a billboard um, and he's able to kind of save the day so we already from the beginning we see that he's a little bit cleverer than everyone else and and isn't so in awe of this guy's ability which i think is a good thing to have a bit of a foil maybe for the main character it's certainly one of the the um the lewis character is certainly one of the better written characters i think um cause, because like you said he's He's just a little bit more dislikable in a good way, and he's a little bit more slimy, but you understand why. And it is because he works with this Harvey guy who is he's good-looking, he's tall, he's rich, he's really good at what he does, he's really got this fuck-you attitude. And Lewis is like, you know, he wants to be everything Harvey is, and he isn't. You know, he's probably as clever, and he's as good at his job, but he's not as... He's not as charming, he's not as charismatic, and like... And he knows it, and that informs everything he does in this episode, and and for going on through the series as well. It should be noted as well that uh, Lewis and Harvey, upon the departure of um, Mike Ross and Meghan Markle, uh, they they become the main characters of this TV show. Mm. Um, so like they kind of, and it's only two seasons, I suppose, but like you know they're obviously strong enough, well established enough characters to hang an entire TV show on. Mm, interesting. Yeah, it's because um, he he uh, Lewis says, doesn't he? I make you know I put down way more billable hours than him. Like, give me the job. You know, he's clear that he has to work harder than than this this guy who is who is also you know clever, but maybe in a more kind of uh, spectacle type of way. You know, he's more showy. Just, he's more showy. You can yeah. imagine Lewis like. He's worked really hard to get where he is, whereas Harvey, like, because he's charming, charismatic, and good-looking, like, he doesn't have to work quite as hard. Mm-hmm. And he's a cunt about it as well. Uh, yes, yeah. Speaking of working hard, I always watch these shows, and um, I'm always like, I'm always, and this is, this, I feel quite guilty about this. But I'm always kind of in awe of of these people who are in the office until ten o'clock, and they work so, you know, I'm kind of like, oh, that's so. Oh, look how look how hard they work, and then and then my brain actually kicks in. I'm like, "Fuck that! 
why would you want to work? Why would you anyone want to be a lawyer where you have to work until 10 o'clock at night? And if you leave before nine o'clock, everyone goes, what a loser. Like, Jesus Christ. Like the, 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 law, the law culture that this show portrays, and as does Boston Legal, as does Good Wife and all these other legal procedurals, just awful. He, like, he also he also gets this. he also gets mocked for having a suit like five suits that are only worth hundred quid. <laughs> like he wears suits goes, that are hundred quid goes, each, and he gets mocked. He goes, for I thought it. I told you to go out and spend five hundred dollars on on a suit, and he goes, "I did." And he goes, "How many suits did you get? Five. <laughs> <laughs> like totally like, why would that be unreasonable? That's a hundred dollars. That's a lot of money. And I'm like, like, yeah, that is a lot of money to spend on a suit. Yeah. Nicholas said, "That's you." I was like, "I wouldn't spend five hundred dollars on it on on suits. That's probably the most. That's probably all the money I've spent on clothes in the last decade put together." How much yeah. did it cost for you your know, wedding? Um, your suit for your wedding? That was. The, I mean, yeah, there you go, and that, that was for fucking two days. So, Jesus Christ, it's a lot. Why? I do like the commentary on uh, life in a law firm that we get in the second half of this, because um, I mean, avid listeners will know that I used to work at a law firm. Obviously, I'm not a lawyer, nor was I pretending to be a lawyer, although stay tuned. I've got plans. <laughs> um, coming to a court near you, am I the defendant? Am I the lawyer? <laughs> um, Objection. Objection. And there is there is kind of like a grain of truth, and obviously we're in Britain, and the, the culture is very different over here. I think that um, labour culture in America is much more keyed towards this, like, if you, if, you, if, you, if you aren't in two hours early, then you're late sort of attitude. And especially the legal system, but even in this country, like you know, solicitors that I worked with would be re- quite regularly like in the office till ten, eleven o'clock at night, especially if they got a big case in early in the morning. Never go home, but also I will say, exactly as well groomed as the people in this TV show, yeah. and exactly as well dressed. Um, somehow, it's kind of baffling, um, but there is kind of like a nice bit of. Of truth again, we talk about truth in TV, and there is a nice bit of like, obviously somebody involved in this, you know, had at least worked in a corporate structure before and knew enough to be like the little things there, like Mike's little, uh, little, um, little desk within, you know, the little cubicle thing. That's very like, oh, somebody been in an office and thought, oh yeah, it's exactly how grunts who've just got a job live. I'm willing to concede you're the closest thing to a lawyer on this podcast, Dave. That's as far as I'm going. <laughs> High praise, high praise. Yeah, that is that is uh, that is yeah interesting. The um, the legal case in this is is a is a one of um, alleged sexual assault, isn't it? Uh, in the in the workplace, which is all very kind of that's pretty we get relevant. Quite in... a lot of that in this show. I've watched maybe six seven episodes in the last week or so, um, and it's quite like a, a running theme is that like obviously you know. And it's never it's never played for like oh look at these women trying to, you know, get paid. It's usually sort of on the, on the side of the of the accuser as it should be, I should say. Which is except kind of like this episode, <laughs> where, where this we episode. see where we see. So so we have we have the defend no the complainant uh, complainant yeah that's right isn't it? Um, who is it's different accusing, in America than it is here. Yeah, accusing her boss of of um, inappropriate behaviour. Then she gets fired, and it's kind of the, where the pro bono element comes in. This law firm wanting to show how much it cares by helping this woman by assigning they the then, newest and lowest ranked member of staff to the case, who's not even a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> That's how, and this is Harvey because Harvey's like, I'm not doing pro bono work because it's beneath me. So instead, I'm going to get this um, 
this this non-lawyer to do the work and then we get to see how it, it, it the the we do get to see it like the mechanics of how you develop a case which i kind of like there's a bit where they say you know you push where it hurts um like a doctor you push where it hurts because that's how you find out what the the, the weaknesses of the defendant's case is so they, they they push where it hurts and that leads to another woman who also has com- complaints but is kind of like refusing to testify um doesn't really want to get involved and then it ends up that she was actually paid by the defendant's lawyer to um say that she was but waste their time really until yeah so this um, is all to cover for um the woman who's actually hired them um this is like a second case they think they found but it's kind of like a trick um i will say from a from a legal point of view and obviously i'm not american in this country if you did any of this shit like i used to work in employment law when i was at the law firm and like it's the employment law sexual harassment and things is dull as dishwater in terms of like the actual like process of proceeding in a case it's lots of paperwork lots of writing to and hearing back from the court and absolutely no lawyers going to your house and threatening you none of that because <laughs> you will be you'll be struck off at being a solicitor if you if you get up to any of this shit so again like i would love to know from you know an american listener if we had any and also if they're a lawyer um, exactly how in prison would you be if you did any of the things that these lawyers do in this episode? <laughs> it's, it, but, but at the same time, they because it's a civil case and not a criminal case, um, they they basically use this as leverage to get the, the woman, the actual um, person who's been um, assaulted, like you know, le- leverage and money and whatever else. So, because they threaten him and say, if you unless you tell unless you, you know, give us what we want right now, we will go to the the bar association or whatever it is. Uh, and it's a real, you. So it's they, a real big dick. It's a big dick moment, Sam. Way they're like, right, well, you're gonna give this woman her job back with back pay, and um, and pay education for the son as well. No, but that's like an afterthought. They turn away yeah. and Harvey's like. It'd be a shame if she had to pay to send her son to college, and they kind of like exchange like we're fucking scumbag smile and turn around and go, oh, you'll throw in two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and the guy's like, hey, rah, rah, and his lawyer's like, well, yeah, fine, we'll pay it. Yes, as, as, as as Harvey says, uh, I'm not about caring, I'm about winning. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yes, these amoral monsters, and Mike isn't, and I think that's an important part of why this this show works is that mm-hmm. Mike is kind of like our audience analog. He's not a lawyer. He doesn't understand how these people think, how they act. He's also quite a moral character, uh, which you get a little bit of in this TV show and, and a bit more grand. of later. Um, like he has like a code of ethics, um, and he won't. You know, he's not a total scumbag. I'm sure he becomes a total scumbag. Don't worry. Mm. Um, one, one more thing of stupid legal stuff, uh, because I, and the good wife was rife with this. Rife with it is. Um, basically, they're explaining duress, the concept of duress. That some, you know, that somebody was under duress because they had to. They were assaulted, and they went to HR, and HR said, "Well, he's the boss, and he's going to tell us." And that's the concept. So they, it's not like fucking complicated. You think a judge would be able to understand this? And 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 yet they take it the next step and say, "Your Honor, imagine if the bailiff was 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 assaulted by you." 
would you be the one to judge to pass it's like i think the judge understands what duress is i don't think we need and it's like it, there's a lot of like it's, it's for the lot, audience it's a lot of lawyers that these are characters saying something incredibly like obvious but to underline how clever they are for the audience benefit for the audience as you benefit, know as opposed yeah. to yeah but that annoyed me. It's, it's a minor point, but just you, you get this all the time, and especially American legal shows, where, as you say, ninety-eight percent of what happens in a law room, a, 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 a law courtroom, room. <laughs> Sam Jordan's law room. <laughs> guilty, guilty, guilty. <laughs> what, what happens in the legal um, room is is very boring. I don't think that's better, Sam. A courtroom. <laughs> Legal room. court room <laughs> listeners the law room you know you know when i said that dave was the closest thing to a lawyer on this podcast i think we've just proved that that's not a very high bar the judgment space <laughs> it's a very low bar yeah now is, bang the bang, bang the judge hammer and let's move on from this um so i think overall um i'm gonna let joe speak because we haven't said anything in he hasn't said anything in a while but um like there are. But first, before I let you speak, Joe, I'm gonna go for it for twenty minutes. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm gonna talk about the movie Rope. No, um, <laughs> what I want to talk about is is there are things in this t- in this episode which aren't amazing in terms of like the narrative, in terms of the character development, in terms of how long it is. And I think Joe, as like out of the three as three of us, I think you enjoyed this the least. So so I want you to tell me like, you know, what what would you wish they could have done better? You know. Talk us through it. My my main thing to make this show better, and I think I touched on it before, would be to not have it as a double pilot. That was my big issue with this. The fact that it was, and I know it was kind of two separate episodes put into like a, a double header, but watching it streaming, the the length of it just felt way, way, way too much for me. Um, you know, well, like it aired as one episode as well. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. not let's not forget. It. Um, so I just I just feel as though that there's enough in there to make a really solid kind of like one. 45 minute plot but they drag it out for 80 minutes and you just sat there after about half an hour thinking oh this will be over soon and you've still got 50 minutes of TV to watch um, of these people there just like being as smarmy and just yeah so what would you what would you cut then I, I would probably like just do it as the episode like the, the, what would have been the first episode like Dave was saying you know like he basically he gets caught trying to deal drugs or whatever and he's like he runs away he gets into the interview <laughs> gets offered the job and the, the, I would end at the point where, like, he basically has the, the comments on um, where, where you know, he, like, basically threatens to blackmail if, he, if he's going to fire him, if Harvey fires him, like he plans to. And then he says, well, if you do that, I'll tell them that you hired me when I'm not Harvard. And I would probably stop the first episode there, have that as a pilot. And then season two would be the whole... No, sorry, episode two would be the, you know, that case would be the episode. Cause I, I, it's kind not a bad of, idea, Joe. Um, I think you'd save a lot of time just by cutting out these friends, these stoner friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. who could care about Trevor and his girlfriend? Like, did the did did Mike and the girlfriend have a thing? Yes. Uh, yeah. Quite quickly. That I lingering think. kiss on the cheek. I mean, but you shouldn't be I- kissing your friends' girlfriends on the cheek at all. Like, let's just have that as a thing. Yeah. Like, don't um, do that, please. But th- th- then they're both out of the series quite quickly. Like, but it just seems. Which it's wasted real estate in this pilot? Exactly. Which, which means, sorry, you, you know, you know, like if they're out that quickly, then it just kind of makes them even more pointless in this pilot. You know what I mean? It's like you could have him as doing anything. He doesn't need to be a drug dealer. He could be doing any sort of like petty theft or something, or you know, he could have been doing anything and just accidentally run into like this office and then, you know, um, 
and well, you could just be... have the drug deal, but like you could have a phone call scene. You could have it be like, you know, oh, I've got this friend, and you know he'll, you know, okay, I'll do it. I'll I'll take the briefcase to the room, you know, to this place, mm-hmm. and twenty five grand, and we agreed on twenty five grand. You'll give me the twenty five grand because he needs it to put his grandmother in a home, I think, or to keep her in a home. Yeah, it was to um, keep her wherever she was, you know, like <laughs> sorry, to keep her in, in, America, in care, you know? not to look, not to like keep her locked up in a home. I should say <laughs> um, to, to, to maintain her level of care, to keep her locked so up in like, a better home. Yeah, so that's again because Mike is a moral character. Like that's 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 the excuse he has for for doing this weed deal. Um, again, that's now legal in most of the US. We should say like the passage of time has not been kind on this plot. It should be heroin. It absolutely should be heroin. <laughs> but really you could have all of that without ever having a scene with this Trevor guy or the yeah. girlfriend. And then, yeah. like, I think I think that would then reduce this down to maybe like an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, Even just that by taking that out and that. You know, a ten minute extra, ten minutes extra in one of these episodes because the normal episode is about forty two minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, like an extra ten minutes or so wouldn't be the end of the world. Would it? Again, we've talked it, about it, Psych, and Psych's pilot is about an hour long, I believe. You an know, hour okay. and a half, I think. It's really long. Is it? It, uh, it comes to the point of like, what do you, you know, what's a good pilot, and that's a question that we've we talk about a lot. Hoops, because. Yeah. Uh, but but, but, so but really, you want to be getting across like what's the basic premise of this show? What am I? What am I going to be expecting to come back to next week or in five seconds when Netflix loads the next episode? Like, there's that thing of give me the give me the framework that you're that you're working with, but also show me something new. And there is a challenge in that, especially yeah. for but that's- especially for procedurals where you you have a you have a pretty set structure. Like you have to have the the case comes in and then they there's a, they they find things out. Then there's a challenge at some point that they have to overcome, and then you have the quippy line at the end where the the the, the good guys figure it out and the bad guys. There's mm-hmm. there's all these things that have to fit into place. Well, the ultimate the ultimate test of a good pilot, Sam, is like if you if you watch it, do you then want to watch more? And that's the thing. That's why if they stopped at that point where like he almost gets sacked, but then threatens a black man if he doesn't hire him back. They stop there. You're kind of at this point where they haven't actually done any cases yet. It's like, do you want to come back and see how these two idiots managed to like win a case? You know, th- yes. The probably answer is yes. But then they drag it on for another forty five minutes. Yeah, yeah. I did want to watch more of this. Uh, we're probably going to actually just as a like, you know, something to watch. <laughs> but I don't, it's not like groundbreaking television. But I think it's it's pretty well reviewed. It's it's consistently has been. Um, you know, praised by critics as being interesting and having something to say and all these other things which you want from procedurals because, again, they are formulaic, so you have to bring a new element to that. And as we've discussed, having Mike as being the outsider looking in on the law for, on on the legal world, um, which is already quite compelling, it's a kind of is a new take, you know, and that's and that's that's a good thing. I do think, yeah. As I th- always, just I think it's, make everything four minutes long. I, I have so much to do. I have so much to do. It's definitely on the level of like a house type TV show where you know, like, I would, I think it would be really difficult to sit and like distinguish any any episode of this from any other episode of this. But that's not ultimately a bad thing. Just like it's impossible to distinguish an episode of House from another episode of House because there was a there was a mysterious disease. They figured it out. It wasn't that the patient nearly died. They actually figured it out. Happy ending. The end. It's never lupus, and but always test for it anyway. And that's kind of that yeah. is this as well. Like, 
Oh, they think they figured out. They think they think they've won. Well, they haven't won. Oh, oh shit! All is lost moment. Oh, but then they're, they're cleverer, so they figure something else out and they figured it out. And they've won. So proper in the middle, you know, dynamic between the characters and all that stuff. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I I I get where you're coming from, Joe. But I think this is something that I will pursue and and carry on watching, and then you know, trash it in in two months' time when I've watched another couple of seasons. Go, that's terrible. It's awful. I'm not watching any more. Why did you tell me Just to watch this, Dave? Sick. Yeah, yeah. There will be some. There'll be some blaming, blame thrown around. Um, yeah, I will sue is, you. This is a fun, pretty sleek, pretty good-looking show. Um, yeah, it's worth watching. Really, and it's also on Netflix and Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is always the the low bar to achieve, isn't it? In terms of, <laughs> is it free to watch? Bing, bing, yeah. bing. Is it on Netflix? Because that's they've got the best app. Like, I, don't make me watch something on Amazon, please. It's just dreadful. Well, next week we're going to be watching on something on Amazon now, Sam. <laughs> Conversely, the Amazon Prime app on my Xbox is much, much better than the browser or anything else. Um, and Netflix is kind of the opposite. All the Netflix apps are pretty, pretty okay. It's anyway. This isn't interesting. <laughs> Listen to us talk about apps. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, we will we we will be back next week with another show that will I really hope won't be 18 minutes long. I really hope it won't. Can be we can long. we just give ourselves a little pat on the back guys? This is neither a TV show from the 90s or a TV show set in the 90s. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, let's dive for next but, week. Yeah, let's <laughs> delve. Yeah, let's go right back to 1991. Let's see the fresh prince again. With Joe. Oh, yeah, we should. We should. We should go back on our back a little bit, you know, and actually like talk about it more competently than we did the first time. Yes. That would be, um, be fun. That's probably a terrible idea, but um, I'm on board, as usual. Yeah. Let's keep yeah. this roundabout going. <laughs> so we will see you next time, Lister, and thanks for listening.